If you want 2024 to be your best running year, it is essential you have a customized training plan tailored to your race schedule and ability level. That's why I'm pumped to have Motive sponsoring the podcast. You can use the app for free, but if you want two months of premium access, you can use code SMARTER2. Sign up at mymotive.com. The link will be in the show notes. On today's episode, float, sleep, and biohack your recovery with Sean McCormick. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Before we kick off this interview, um, I did put a call out. I think it was two episodes ago, but at the time of recording, it was probably two or three days ago um, to submit your ratings and reviews. And I have received two new ones. Thank you very much. Um, I think it does take maybe a day or two for it actually to be visible on my end or on the podcast itself. So if you have submitted it, um, it will get there eventually. But I do have two to read out. If you want to submit your own, very easy to do. It is only on Apple devices, but just search the podcast, scroll down, click leave rating and review. And it just helps as a bit of social proof that a lot of people are listening and they're loving the content and it just helps the podcast grow. So I would be greatly appreciated if you took 30 seconds out of your day just to um, add one. But we have one coming in from Rach. Her, um, I guess her username is Rach8N. She says, so great. Brody hosts fantastic podcasts. I always learn and enjoy listening to his interviews. He asks the right questions and has great guests on his show. Thank you very much. And I also have one from um, SH Mergin. I don't know if that's um, just the username, but they say, uh, great source of information. As someone who has had my share of running injuries, this is a great resource packed full of useful information to help you deal with injuries and avoiding getting them in the first place. Thank you, Brody. Thumbs up emoji. Thank you very much for submitting those. I will continue continue to read out some um, as they come in per episode. Um, also, before we get started, um, something big has happened in my life of podcasting to think it couldn't get more busy as it is. I have launched another kind of side podcast. It is called the Overcoming Proximal Hamstring Tendinopathy Podcast. <laughs> I have seen so many runners come to me with proximal hamstring tendinopathy. I have had so many um, posts on Facebook that gets the most engagement. And I do recognize out there, there are so many people suffering from proximal hamstring tendinopathy. So I decided to 
um, first of all, repurpose a lot of this content. So for example, um, the first couple of episodes that I've done so far have been handpicked some of those universal principles from the first episodes of this podcast. And then I edit in myself talking about how this relates directly to proximal hamstring tendinopathy, but I will start putting in some original episodes such as like sitting, how to sit with proximal hamstring tendinopathy, um, and just like rehab specific stuff that we need to be aware of. But rest assured, this podcast is still going to be the forefront of my mind and um, where I'm going to spend most of the energy. We're still going to have two episodes per week. I'm still going to dedicate just as much energy, time, and focus on delivering really good value content to this podcast. But in the same breath, I do love helping people and do see and recognize a need for that specific population to get the right information. So decided to launch that. So if you're interested, you can search the Overcoming Proximal Hamstring Tendinopathy podcast. It's a bit of a mouthful, but um, thought that's the simplest way to, to put it out there. Um, yeah. And so today's guest, we have Sean McCormick. He is the host of the Optimal Performance podcast. He also owns some float tank centers around the West Coast of the US, which he'll explain in a second. Uh, we dive into so much. It's almost like another um, insight into our recovery month. And <clears throat> I did think I'd wait a couple of months before this came out. I had the idea of interviewing Sean months and months ago, but thought I've already got so many jam-packed in this recovery month. Let's give people a time off from recovery. And <clears throat> now's perfect timing. We talk about float tanks. We talk about biohacking. We talk about sleep, how to improve your sleep, what it does for recovery. And we have some great insights onto the mind and the brain and how the brain can have true powers in recovery and enhancing your ability to run and recover. And I also throw him a curveball at the end to ask uh, if there's some ways that we can biohack our, our life for longevity and a better quality of life as we get older in age. So he is full of energy. You can tell he has a true passion for this and I'm excited to bring him to you. So let's take it away. Sean McCormick, welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's nice to connect. Do your listeners know at this point that we've already had a conversation that you were just on my podcast? I was going to let them know. and But um, how about we uh, start off with you just introducing yourself, your background, um, qualifications, and just more about you. Yeah, thank you. I so I'm I'm here in the Pacific Northwest. I am a I'm the host of the Optimal Performance Podcast, which is one of the longest running biohacking and performance podcasts on the internet. Um, I am a, a wellness entrepreneur. What does that mean? I uh, I do one on one coaching, group coaching. I do I host wellness workshops. I do uh, remote coaching for um, individuals, organizations. I do you know. Uh, wellness. Um, I'm the founder of uh, the the highest rated and longest running uh, flotation therapy centers on the West Coast. And so I do a whole bunch of cool, like optimal performing personal development things. And that's what I do all day, every day. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm actually going to uh, steal your idea from when I was a guest on your podcast and start off with asking the <laughs> same question. So what have you done today? Uh, that has helped your, what sort of biohacking strategies have you done? What have you done through nutrition supplements today to help have a nice, healthy, long life? Yeah. Great question. Well, if you're watching the video, you'd see that I'm wearing um, a yellow tinted blue blocking glasses, and that is to protect my eyeballs from the strain of staring at a screen 
uh, all day. Um, you might also see a red glow down to uh, my right, which is um, an infrared light panel. My dog is, is literally down there sleeping. He likes to sleep <laughs> in front of it. Um, so that's shining at, um, at my body. I have taken a smattering. Uh, what have I eaten? I've had um, sardines. I've had bacon. I've had uh, black tea, um, a packet of athletic greens, a packet of element electrolyte um, powder, uh, and I just found out, um, I have leaky gut, um, yesterday, right. uh, after a trip to the naturopath. So I'm now on a protocol to help repair the leaky gut. And so I was taking all sorts of droppers and, uh, glutamate and all sorts of other things. So, um, I, I just started to eat um, an hour ago cause I eat in an intermittent, intermittent fasting window. So, uh, my first meal happens at about one o'clock every day. I was going to ask about that. So what's your fasting window every day? How long do you go without eating? Yeah, I, I don't eat until um, at, really at the very early. I listen to my body. Sometimes I cheat on this. You know, if, if, I'm, if I wake up and I'm really hungry at 10 a.m., I'll eat. But usually uh, 12 is about the earliest that I break my fast. And I eat in a six to eight hour window typically every day. So that's mm-hmm. um, noon to six. You know, when you're... Um, uh, of the father of two small children. Um, we like to get the kids fed early so we can get their bed routine started in the evening time. So we eat, you know, five 30, just about every single day. So I can, I can catch that. I can stay in that six hour window, sometimes eight hour window. If I eat between noon and, um, noon and six or noon and eight. So I'll have lunch. Like I just described, um, very sort of focused on carnivore, you know, um, uh, most of my calories come from, from animal products, you know, uh, the green juice powder is obviously the opposite of that, but, um, green juice powders in, in animal proteins, um, is, is, makes up a large amount of the calories that I eat. And, uh, it's just for me, I, I want to get all the hard stuff done in the first part of the day. And if I wake up and I have eggs and toast, or, I mean, I learned, I learned this lesson a long time ago, not to eat oatmeal, but um, uh, first thing in the morning, um, just because of the glucose spikes and all of the, all the things that we know about metabolic flexibility, um, now. So, uh, I just like to get all the things done as early as I can in the earliest part of the day. And so if I'm not eating and just drinking black coffee, um, sometimes with some supplements and nootropics in the first part of the day helps me get all of the things done that I need to. And then, you know, the second half of the day, I can be a little bit more flexible. Cool. Yeah. I'm um, also one, I probably fast maybe two to three times a week and that's like a, 16 hours of not eating and I feel great. Like if I've done that three times a week and I think once a month, I'll probably go somewhere between 22 to 24 hours fasting um, and just have that maybe every, nice. like I said, every month or so. And yeah, really, really has helped me in the past. I have had a bit of gut issues and just like um, just my stomach, not agreeing with me. And I found that's all calmed down as soon as I implement that. So uh, yeah. How about um, before we get into today's topic, how about uh, cold showers? Do you do that at all or see any benefit or know of any research? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of cold showers um, for for a lot of different reasons. And and I've made that into my evening routine. You know, just about every single night I, I use my infrared sauna that's out of my garage. And, you know, I'll, I'll go from, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 30 to 45 minutes 
really 30 is a minimum. Um, it only gets up to 150 degrees. So the difference between a, a barrel sauna and an infrared sauna is that, you know, you're kind of like cooking yourself like a rotisserie in an infrared mm-hmm. sauna. It's really directed um, wavelengths uh, that are, that are, you know, making you warm and in opening up detox pathways and, and sweating. And m- almost every time that I do uh, my infrared sauna and eating time, I'll just go right inside and take a cold shower. Uh, after that, I'll um, meditate, pray, do my, my spiritual practice in the evening time and then head right into bed. So uh, yeah, I mean, the benefits of cold shower are, are there's a lot of great science that I'm not going to be able to remember to reference, but, but basically there's a couple of different things that increases your immune system. It decreases inflammation. And then there is like this, this psychological aspect to it too. You know, if you can do, if you can stand two minutes, three minutes, five minutes in a cold shower, you can, you can handle just about anything. I mean, when you, um, are, are fully in control of your breathing and you don't go into fight or flight by going (gasps) when the whole, when the cold water hits you, you know, staying focused on a nice, even breath, um, that the benefits, the benefits are, are immense. And, um, yeah, next week I'm going to go pick up a, uh, uh, a cold tub and implement that into my, into my practice as well. So cool. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I've, I've started that probably the last two months. I I've l- allowed myself every weekday is when I have my cold shower and I'll mainly start with a warm shower, but then the last couple of minutes just turn it on full cold and then just try and last, and mm. unfortunately I've made that decision now in summer where it's sometimes pleasant to have a cold shower or the tap water, the pipe water isn't actually that cold here in Australia right. during summer. So it's not really that much of a challenge, but I'm looking forward to winter to see what my mental state is like as well. And I think there's something to be said, if you don't want to do it, then you probably should do it because it tells mm. your brain and tells your body to, um, if you just don't give up on things just because you don't want to do it because there'll be things in your work life, in your family life where you're going to say, no, I don't want to do that. It's too hard. Um, That's when you should actually tackle it. So there's that good uh, positive attitude, I guess, for the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, mentally speaking, the mentality around um, uh, enduring a cold shower uh, or, uh, you know, a polar plunge. It's once a week, I'll go down. I live five minutes from uh, a rocky Northwest beach and just go in and, you know, keep my, keep my, keep my breath normal, keep my stuff together as I w- wade into the, uh, the Pacific ocean, which now in the Pacific Northwest is, is quite cold, <laughs> you know, it's, it's in the low fifties. So, um, yeah, it, it, there, there's a huge, you know, I know that the people that are listening right now are, are very, very focused on performance, very focused on, on doing their best, being their best and output and, if you can cultivate a practice that it helps you become more mentally resilient through a cold shower, it's going to help you every time you put on your running shoes for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's dive into these float tanks. Um, How did you first of all get involved in it? And did you have any like previous experience beforehand or appreciate the benefits beforehand before investing a lot of your career in it? Yeah. I, this, the, the origin story for the float center is kind of uh, wacky. Uh, it, uh, it, I, I learned transcendental meditation at 12. My, my folks taught me TM uh, as a way to chill out because I was a pretty busy, 
little boy. And so I had this, this frame of reference for meditation as a kid through high school into college and after college. And my meditation practice would sort of evolve, you know, Zazen and mindfulness and Vipassana in addition to transcendental meditation. And in, in what kept recurring through my mindfulness research was the reference to sensory deprivation, uh, to this, you know, this theta state that's achieved when you're floating on your back in a float tank. And uh, then I got into the work of, of John Lilly. John Lilly was the creator of uh, uh, sensory deprivation tanks while he was working for uh, the military in the late 50s. And he's also the guy that gave acid to dolphins and talked to <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so he's an interesting fellow. Um, and so I kept, it kept coming up in my research over and over. And there were no float centers around um, when I was really interested in this. And so I was going to have to drive like four, four and a half hours to go to the nearest float center until I found a guy on Craigslist who had one in his basement. And I went and floated at this dude's house on my lunch break. While I was in my suit and tie doing my nine to five deal in my twenties, working as an account executive. And, um, I had an, an, a profound life-changing experience in my first float and, um, had an involuntary out-of-body experience. I, I projected out of body, um, with recall and had this again, like this, this incredible experience. And then I sort of like forgot about it. I didn't, I mean, uh, it took me a minute to process that experience uh, it was such a big sort of earth shattering, you know, paradigm shifting experience that I just like, okay, well, that was a thing. I needed, need some time to like, f let that kind of marinate. And I kept waiting for float centers to open and then they never opened and never opened. And finally with no business experience, not a single business course I'd ever taken in my life. I just decided like, this is the thing. If I want to do this and we're in Seattle, Washington on the Pacific, uh, you know, on the West coast of the States, this is, there's gotta be. I, I should just do it. So I convinced myself that I would just be a business owner and um, bootstrapped it. Uh, my wife and I built out everything and um, um, and then started a float center. It really married the things that I love the most, which is, um, you know, uh, relaxation, personal care, meditation, a little bit of, you know, woo-woo psychedelia, um, consciousness ex ex uh, exploration and expansion. And, um, that was, so I opened, opened the first float tank tank center in Seattle, um, in 2012. So that's, cool. that's the origin. Yeah. I have had very limited experience with float tanks in a float session. I've done one in my life and it was purely uh, like due to availability. I had, I was working in physio clinics a couple of years ago and a float tank like clinic opened up literally like on the other side of the road and they started offering us discounts. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll try that. And I had had experience working with meditation myself and like self-guided or guided meditations. And so I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm all for it. Happy, happy to give this a go. Um, and absolutely loved it. I had a, a really, really, I really enjoyed it and would definitely recommend it. But for those who aren't aware of what a session actually involves or what this actually mm -hmm. is, in layman's terms, can you maybe run through what uh, a first experience might be for someone who, say, books in for a float session? Yeah, you know, there there are these cultural references um, uh, in the world for what a float tank is. You know, the the show Stranger Things. You know, they make a they make a sensory deprivation tank in the in the gym. You know, there's a Simpsons episode where Homer and and Lisa go floating. You know, there's a book or there's a film called um, Altered States that, that sort of reference that's like back from the 80s. 
And so we have this we have this idea of what it's going to be like. It's going to be this like, I mean, like like myself, like you're going to project out of body or have these you know these crazy hallucinations that are going to transport you into another dimension. And that's not really what happens. <laughs> um, what happens is. Uh, as you go in and shower off and then lay back in a thousand pounds of Epsom salt water where your body is fully supported, it's, it's most likely the most relaxing experience that you'll ever have. Um, more than a massage, more than a great night's sleep. And there's reasons for that. There's, there's biochemical reasons for that. There's, there's neurochemical reasons for that. And there's the fact that you are outside of the pressures of gravity when you're on your back totally alleviated from gravity and you're restricted from external stimuli, uh, you you kind of go inward. Your mind, uh, you forget about your body a little bit, which is a profound thing when you realize that you are not this meat suit, that you are, you are infinite consciousness. And um, for some folks, it just feels really good and their body feels better and their back feels better and their hips feel better. And then they sleep like an absolute rock that night. For most people, that's kind of what it is. You know, when when we positioned this service, it was pain relief, stress relief, and meditation, and also sleep that this really helped with. So we'd have people with multiple sclerosis or chronic, uh, chronic fatigue or chronic pain, um, you know, and and so at the bare minimum, it's just a really relaxing thing to do. That's really great for your body. You absorb the minerals, the the magnesium sulfate in through your skin, and um, it lubricates joints. You know. Uh, your synovial fluid, the liquid inside of your joints is lubricated through this magnesium absorption. Your back gets, you know, gets traction because you're basically sort of laid out, you know, like frosting on the top of the cake, um, um, in, inside the flow tank, you know, so at the, at the bare minimum, your cortisol goes down, um, your adrenaline goes down your sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight makes way for your parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest, digest, recover. And I know that you just did a whole month dedicated to recovery. And this is about as expedited a version of recovery as you can possibly get because of the combination of the, of the, the, the factors that I just suggested. So, you know, at the bare minimum, it's just really relaxing and you're going to sleep good and you're going to be happier when you get out. And then at the, at the maximum, it can be a deeply transformative, um, experience in consciousness. So it's like, you know, what, where you'll find, you'll fall somewhere in, in between one of those. Yeah. I think when I very first start, you aren't a template. So your training shouldn't be either. The Motive app takes training plans written by the best coaches in the world, then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. It's such a good idea, which is why it is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world and has thousands of age group athletes signing up every month with a near perfect 4.9 star rating. It will even plan triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, and other events if you're branching away from running races. You can use the app for free for as long as you want, with the premium access being just $19.99 per month. But if you use code SMARTER2, you can get two months of full premium access. Sign up through their website, mymotive.com, and make 2024 your best year yet. Well, during my first float tank session, I was a little bit tired. I was working full time. I was sleeping pretty good, but I was finding myself pretty tired in the afternoons, and I would my first experience was I'd lay down. I'm not usually, I can't float. Like if I'm in the pool, I just cannot float. My body can't do it. But um, due to all the salts being in it and it being so concentrated, you just float straight to the top. And 
took me a bit of a while. Like once I closed the tank and the light, there were lights on, there was a little bit of music playing and that happens for the first five minutes to allow yourself to settle. And I was just floating there and it took me a little bit of time to find the middle of the tank. I find I was like floating or drifting towards one of the sides and I just gently push off and then I'd find myself another side, gently push off, but I found myself in the middle after a couple of minutes. Then the, the lights slowly turn off, then the sound slowly goes away and then you're just floating there. And it took a couple of minutes for me to be like, okay, this is weird. Like the actual sensation is quite weird being like the actual, the sensory deprivation. You've, you actually feel nothing because you can't even feel gravity and the water is about body temperature. So you can't even really feel the water. It's just a bizarre thing, but you find yourself getting relaxed really, really quickly. Um, I didn't really practice much meditation. I guess I was just trying to zone out and just kind of feel um, my body and have a little bit of like awareness around that. But I think it detours a lot of people if they're not associated with meditation or they haven't had a lot of Mm. practice with meditation and they see all these gurus and all these people who have had tons and tons of practice gravitate towards these float tanks. Um, What do you say for those who haven't had any experience with float tanks or meditation or um, having any like self-guided self-awareness practice. Uh, what do you say for them? Yeah. You don't need to know how to meditate in order to have an incredible experience. It, it, it sort of meditates you, honestly, like the, 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 the variables inside there, you know, that what you just recalled that like acclimation phase where you're trying to figure out how your what position your body wants to be in when you're, you know, floating on top of the water, uh, the sensation of, you know, the silky silkiness, the viscosity of the water as it's on your body, the temperature is 93 and a half degrees, which is the external temperature of your skin. So you don't know where your body ends and the water begins. And, and once you just relax and breathe, I mean, you could, you could, you could hang out in there and sing like sitcom theme, uh, songs. If you wanted, you, you could, you could recite, uh, poetry if you want, you could do whatever you wanted to do in there, but, but ultimately the, the environmental factors inside the flow tank make it so that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to try to do anything. In fact, you know, um, all you've got to do is just be, you don't have to do anything. You just be, and we are so inundated by push notifications and emails and deadlines and viruses and all this stuff all day long. We're so, we're so dopamine. Um, we're just smashed. We're just high on our own dopamine every single day that when you make a point to go in and do something just for yourself and you don't have your phone with you and you're not entertaining yourself like a child, you're just relaxing and breathing. Uh, the effect happens on its own. You, you don't, you don't need to try to do anything other than breathe and you don't even have to try, try to do that. And you're going to have a really deeply relaxing feeling. So yeah, if, if you feel like you need, if you feel like you're, you're going to do it wrong, you won't. Um, but you really have to, you have to do it. You have to go try it <laughs> because yeah. you, you could watch a thousand hours of YouTube. You could watch all of my YouTube videos where I talk about floating and still not get it because you, your body is, won't experience it. Uh, for, for a lot of people who have injuries that go back, you know, back to childhood for a lot of people who, um, who uh, tend to perseverate and obsess about things a little bit inside their mind, this is an excellent place for that sort of just kind of run its course for those thoughts and those feelings to run their course for your, for your, for your body to relax and unkink and your back to pop as it just like gets traction on the water. 
And that natural progression of your brain and your body just acclimating into this space is everything and you don't have to do anything for it. So yeah, I would, you, you got to go do it. Yeah. And I think people, there are some wound up people that do need to learn to switch off. And if there's anything we've learned from our recovery month, we know the importance of sleep. We know the importance of switching your body from this sympathetic, like, um, it's a fight or flight response where you're working out, you're feeling good, you're going for a run, you're doing these intense gym sessions to then switching to this parasympathetic rest, recover, rejuvenate mode because you are going to suffer with your performance. You are going to um, be unable to respond to or get stronger if you don't switch into that recovery mode. And I repeated time and time again in that um throughout December that you don't get stronger when you do your hard workouts, you get stronger when you recover and it's during that recovery phase and in a world where everyone's checking their phones, you know, every 12 minutes and everyone's got deadlines and family issues and they, they can sleep. Some have trouble sleeping, but they just stay switched on the entire time. Mm -hmm. And when you go into these float sessions, there's, it's sensory deprivation. So you've, you've got no stimulus coming in, but you definitely can't take your phone into the tank with you. You've got yeah. nothing with you and you're just floating there and it does give you some time to unwind. And those who uh, even struggle with sleep and they've tried a couple of things and they're still finding themselves waking up quite tired, this could be a really, really good solution for them to try in order to rejuvenate like you say the weightlessness is almost better than laying in a bed it's um, yeah the the benefits far, far outweigh and we do know the importance of sleep and this is almost like a the alternative if you are unable to sleep and finding yourself really hard to switch off while in bed um so yeah it, it ties in really well with running performance it ties in really well with reducing their risk of injury because we're just it, it's another recovery strategy which we know all the importance of that um are there any like for the runners out there that are a little bit hesitant or a little bit apprehensive to try um are there any other benefits like besides the performance recovery side of things i know you can we can we go maybe down into layman's terms of the other benefits that it might might serve yeah um are you more interested in like, in like the physical recovery stuff? Or are you more interested in like some anecdotes for runners and athletes that I've worked with or yeah, which one? Yeah. Let's go with anecdotes. Let's go with some stories. Yeah. So we, we got in touch with uh, the Green Lake Runners Group when we first opened and the Green Lake Runners Group is just a Seattle based um, uh, running, running group. And they would meet every Sunday morning and go for runs. Um, there was, it's a really active area of Seattle. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of activity. There's this, you know, run, it's a three and a half mile run around this Lake. And, um, you know, there's running stores and apparel and all sorts of juice shops. It's very healthy, very active little area. And so we got in with this, with this running group and it's funny, um, you know, runners have a certain mentality, uh, and, a certain drive and focus that makes them skeptical of, of stuff. And, um, it was really hard to, I mean, I'm more like giving them away and then like there's this 500 person running group and we couldn't give float sessions away. Cause they're like, people are just like, nah, I don't, I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to mess it's with stubborn. it. Stubborn. You can say it. It's stubborn. That's perfect. So it, it took like one of the, um, like admin to come in and try it. And this was like King stud runner guy. 
came in and had an insane, like he went and ran and then came directly into the, to the flow take and had a float session and immediately started posting on social media and calling his friends. And he's like, okay, everybody has to do this. He said that he had this sensation where he kind of went through his run after, after his run, he kind of like, where did he hit walls? Um, how was his form when he, when he took this turn? Um, that little kind of like Achilles thing that was kind of talking to him at mile, you know, five, um, he was able to like send some love to and send some, some gratitude to during his, uh, during his float session. Um, he, he was able to analyze his form. He was able to, and this is all while getting um, the, the really clear, you know, recovery benefits. So when it comes to performance, uh, there, this, this, this gives you a platform to do any sort of visualization that you need to do. This gives you a a platform and a place for you to like, talk to yourself to, to, you know, if you're into self-hypnosis and this sort of, you know, um, uh, energetic science, um, you can do self-hypnosis, you can do visualization, you can do um, self-healing. You know, I worked with, uh, I worked really closely with the quarterback of the, of the Seahawks, his name is Russell Wilson, and um, he had an ankle injury. And so he um, came in and, and was floating to recover this ankle injury. And I was working with him one-on-one and saying, you know, what do you usually do to, to, to get your ankle to, to recover? And he's like, well, I just kind of, I just kind of let it do its thing. You know, um, you know, all the whole rice rest, ice compression elevation has kind of gone away now. Like when I was growing up, that was the thing. And we don't, you know, we, we don't do that anymore. And so he's like, I just let the swelling kind of do its thing and, and recover, um, um, however it needs to. And I said, well, you can have an active influence over that. Um, you know, there are, uh, books by Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza, you are the placebo, um, the biology of belief, where you can actually do these, these practices, these self-healing practices, one of which is like this. So if you have an injury, let's just, let's just focus on the Achilles. Your right Achilles is like constantly strained, not, doesn't feel good. You don't feel confident in it. What you can do inside the float tank, you can do this anywhere, but what you could do inside the float tank is uh, this visualization exercise where you imagine that all of the cells in your body are construction workers. So every little cell in your body is like a little construction worker with like the vest and the hard hat, and they've got like tools. And then you send all of those cells in your body to go down to that Achilles heel to like fix it, clean it, uh, fortify it, get rid of the swelling, uh, make the, you know, allow the tissues to connect in the proper way. So, uh, a, you know, like a swarm of these cells go to this Achilles and they heal it. You can like literally picture them just like putting spackle on it and cleaning it up and like, you know, ushering away like tension and inflammation. And then those first wave go away. And then these other new cells come in and, and work and fortify and it works. It may sound hokey, but we have the, the, the ability of our, uh, of our minds to heal ourselves is, is immense. And you can look at the work of Dean Radin, who is the, uh, uh, the head scientist for the, um, the University for Noetic, Noetic Studies. Um, this is real stuff. They have done studies on self-healing and by gosh, by golly, it actually works, but you need to have these tools to, to learn how to deal it, to, to do it. So the floating is like the perfect medium. So I ran Russell Wilson through this protocol you know, t- the same thing, tell the construct, have the picture of the construction workers going down and, and healing that ankle. Um, you don't need to have, you don't need to be an expert in anatomy to know how to do that, but you know, he recovered crazy fast. 
Like he recovered um, like a full three weeks faster than he should have. He didn't miss a game. And um, um, he had never thought of that before. Like, he's like, I've never, no one's ever told me to do that. And frankly, because it's pretty out there, you know, that's not, that's like not normal practices for, for um, professional sports. Um, but that, that's another way to use this, this, this environment to, to, to heal yourself. You can, again, you can use self-hypnosis. I am, I am whole, perfect, strong, powerful, harmonious, loving, and happy. If you spend an hour in the float tank, just reciting that mantra, you're going to feel pretty good coming out. You're going to actually empower yourself to, to heal and recover. Um, there's a whole bunch of other things, you know, if you know that you bonk at, you know, um, uh, mile eight, and that's just like this wall that you need to get past. You can go through a whole entire race in the float tank, go through your progressions and picture yourself, visualize yourself just smashing through that, that typical place where you bonk at eight miles, just like really coasting through that, that previous like, um, tendency that you have to, to, uh, to fall or to, to slide back in your, in your pace. So, these are all things that, that work and there are science that supports it, but we just don't have these techniques. And the flow tank is kind of the ideal environment to do some of these techniques. Yeah. I think I try and think of a time or an opportunity where someone will have a chance to sit down, unwind and think about going through these mental processes that I guess in someone's ordinary day-to-day, they just wouldn't even think about it. Wouldn't even occur to them. They, they have that time when you're thinking or when you're discussing the, those strategies, it can be really reassuring for people because I think they think of float tanks. They think of meditation. A lot of times they say um, I've tried meditation in the past and they, they kind of assume that you have to um, get rid of all thoughts. They think that meditation Mm -hmm. is thinking of nothing and that's Mm -hmm. it. And as soon as a a thought creeps in and they start worrying about something, they're Mm -hmm. like, damn, I'm really bad at this. And then, it just discourages them. And then they're saying, it's not for me. I'm, uh, I can't switch off, but I guess some introductory beginner sort of things. If you think of those construction workers, those sales as construction workers, and you're, you're keeping your mind active, you've kind of having purpose to that session, but you're also keeping your mind occupied at that time. Mm-hmm. And while you're keeping your mind occupied on that task, you're not thinking about the stress of the day. Um, you're not thinking about not thinking that gets you discouraged and that sort of thing. You're actually putting a bit of purpose to the thought and um, in that kind of constructive way. So that can be really, really positive. And I guess um, a really nice strategy for those who think they, they can't unwind. Yeah. Yeah. If you need something to do um, and you know, a mantra isn't the thing, if you're not into saying Sharim, 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 like that, that's, which is a classic transcendental meditation uh, mantra, S-H-I-R-I-M, Sharim, Sharim, Sharim. If you're not into that thing, that's not your bag. Cool. If you need to be able to do something, the, the whole key of meditation, and this this is the same corollary to you know the little cells as construction workers, it's it's not the actual mantra, it's the going back to the mantra because your brain is going to be pulled away. You know, you're gonna your stomach is gonna go and you're gonna be distracted by that, and then you go back to the mantra or you go back to the visualization of your cells as construction workers. You're gonna think about um, the race tomorrow. You're going to think about your run tomorrow. You're going to think about tacos. You're going to think about, um, you know, the fact that you want new shoes. You're going to think about a thousand things and, and that happens and that's okay. 
it's the return. It's, it's, it's the graceful, elegant, calm return to that, to that area of focus. And it for, and you don't have to have a float tank for this. You can just turn the lights off. In fact, you can kind of, here's a way to hack it at home. Um, earplugs, uh, a thing called a mindfold, which is a, which is an eye cover that has convex convex. I get concave and convex. Uh, mixed up so that your eyelashes don't rub up against the back of the the eye cover and you can lay on your bed with eye with 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 earplugs and an eye mask and do the same thing um and just go through this visualization and as you get distracted or lose sight or or think of something else or whatever just going back to that process it's 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 really effective and so you don't don't need to feel um um, uh, intimidated by the fact that you're not doing it, you know, it's, it's frustrating. It, it, it is, it will be. And just, you just do, do, do back to it, do, do, do tacos back to it. Uh, Brooks, I really want those Brooks to seven twenty eight. back to it. Just back to that thing over and over. That's, that's really the, the whole point. I, the other thing that uh, I thought of when you're talking about these construction workers cells going to heal the body and focusing on a particular part of the body and like, you know, they're, they're getting to work almost me almost, almost makes me think of the benefits of massage as well. And we've had a massage therapist on in the past to debunk a lot of massage myths around, okay, we know now it doesn't improve circulation. We know that it doesn't release anything. We know that it doesn't, um, release trigger points or lengthen any muscles or fascia or connecting points. So physically we know that the evidence doesn't show that, but we do see so many benefits from massage and people go onto the massage table in pain and then they get up and they feel fantastic. And those who aren't in pain, but just feel maybe like they are stressed or they are like just wound up, they get off feeling amazing and they feel like they've had a a nap for 40 minutes but when you're down on the table and someone's paying attention to a particular area and you're kind of getting that sensation of like, um, you know, positive, it feels good. Sometimes it feels a little bit sore, but it feels good to feel sore. And while Mm. you're sitting down in that like one hour massage, you're constantly kind of your mind is paying attention to that area being like, yes, I'm getting the healing I need. I'm getting the attention I need. I'm getting the the benefits. Uh, And you could say that the benefits of massage almost like that psychological, maybe placebo, well, definitely placebo effect um, just enhances when you start doing these float sessions and like having that visualization and practicing that the the power of the brain and how the power of the mind can re- really have true benefits. I'd say there's a direct correlation between those two experiences, obviously different um, in terms of how you experience it, but psychologically emotionally might just be the same process would you agree oh yeah it's 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 the power of the mind and we've all experienced this whether you want to deny it or not um if you think it works it will work (laughs) you know like if you run your best to one specific playlist it's not the playlist that makes you faster it's your opinion of that playlist it's how you think of that playlist right this one song really just man does something to me well it it's not doing anything to you. It's because you've decided you've placed import on that thing. And this, just to your same point, that is, that is the point the, the, the mind is powerful. And if we decide, you know, this, this, this could really easily get into some of my favorite territory, which is like um, the power of the mind, um, the power of uh, a positive thought um, and the power of uh, a visualization to, to really achieve, achieve your goals, you know, th- 
the power of our minds to to shape our reality is 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 immense. And so if you you like being touched and you got touched and you you feel like focusing on this one thing and not having your phone in front of you, um, yeah, it's going to be better than the alternative. It sure show it sure is it sure is better than sitting and watching TV all night. You know, it's better than you know arguing with your spouse. It's better you know it's better than than the other you know um, myriad things you could be doing that are that are not serving you that are not helping you get better and feel better and perform at a higher level. And, and oftentimes we just don't have these tools. We don't have these techniques. We've, you've, nobody's ever heard, you know, everybody listening now is like, man, this guy's kind of out there. You've just never heard that you can imagine that your cells are construction workers and then they can go and repair your knee, but it works. And, and until you, you have to believe that it works, (laughs) you have, you have to like give it up a little bit. Uh, not take yourself so seriously, not be so stuck in this like reductionist materialist um, reality that you can actually heal yourself. You know, people who get cancer diagnoses um, and, and, and say, I, I'm going to beat this. I'm on my way to recovery. I'm, I'm recovering right now as I speak. Those people have better outcomes. They, they survive. They beat, they beat it better than someone that, that starts to like, you know, um, cash it in at that point. And that's just, that's just the truth. And, and so this, the, the same techniques that make you a great runner, that make you a great father or, or, or mother, the same techniques that, that you have to, to, to visualize yourself as, as a badass are the same things that will help you, you know, um, be your best and recover. Yeah. We, I have done a series on pain science and we've seen the nasty side, the negative side that the brain can have with connecting, I guess, like chronic pain, um, like changing your neural structure, changing the way you think about things that can really disserve you and cause pain. Even when there's not anything physical there, you could have had an Achilles issue and have pain, but as soon as that Achilles heals and there's nothing physically going on pain can still exist and it's right. all to do with the brain it's all to do with the thoughts and emotions that you attribute to that and you make these neural connections and there's a whole science and a different approach to healing you once you have this chronic pain and it's the this complex kind of solution the same can be said you're just talking about the real um, effects that thoughts the brain the emotions can have on someone but just in a healing component rather than what i've already discussed and people already know the science of which is the pain and chronic pain component so it is on a spectrum and the brain is extremely um aware extremely powerful if you just know how to unlock it and how um the real benefits that it can have so mm-hmm. um if someone is thinking it's way too woo woo well we've done woo woo in the science um the pain science series so have a listen and then attribute it to something more positive rather than us just talking about chronic pain the whole entire time yeah um when I got off my interview with you and we're discussing the topic of float tanks, um, you also suggested how about we dive into some biohacking for sleep as well, because we understand the importance of sleep. It's it's up there with the float tanks and trying to just switch your body off, recover, unwind, the, and all the immense benefits. So if you can shed some light, if someone is struggling to fall asleep or stay asleep or get a good quality sleep, um, or someone's okay, but just wants to continuously enhance their sleep. What can we, how can we biohack our body to, um, to enhance that? Oh, there's a thousand things. Um, if you're, if you're not already taking notes, this would be a good chance, an, an opportunity to, to take out some notes and, and write some of this stuff down. Um, don't share a blanket with your spouse. Just don't do it. Get your own blanket. 
um, for lots of reasons. You're different temperatures. You move around a lot. Um, when it comes to blankets, uh, you should think about a weighted blanket. I just uh, I just did an, an episode I'll be releasing here shortly on the uh, the blue weighted blanket. It's a twelve pound blanket that you that you sleep with, and the the science suggests that when you have that sort of uh, sensory experience of something being weighted on you, you relax faster, you sleep deeper, you sleep longer. It feels good. It's breathable. It doesn't make you too hot. So I've been sleeping sleeping with a twelve pound blanket on myself. Um, uh, additionally, there's lots of things. So your, the, the quality of your sleep is, is a direct correlation between what, what you've done in the day. So, uh, as a, as a rule, um, cut out food, don't eat, you know, um, three hours before bedtime, don't drink any liquid two hours before bedtime. Um, don't have any screens in front of you, uh, for one hour before bedtime. And if you insist, because most of us do, uh, you should you should wear blue blocking glasses. Uh, blue the, more than any other piece of biohacking technology. Um, blue blocking glasses. In fact, an Australian company called Blue Blocks B L U B L O X BlueBlocks.com. I think Andy's in Sydney. Um, this when you're looking at screens, you're exposed to blue light. Um, specifically between 400 and 550 nanometers. It's blue and green light that's coming from screens. It's telling your eyeballs that it's daytime when it's not. So when the sun goes down and you still have blue light coming into your eyes, it's suppressing melatonin production. So you're not creating your own endogenous melatonin, which makes you actually feel tired. That's why when you've been watching TV for two hours and it's 10 o'clock at night and you're just like, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel tired. I'm just going to keep, you know, I just, I'm not ready to go to sleep. Well, that's because you're, you're blasting your face. You also, there's also research that suggests that you have receptors on your skin. So if you have led lights in your house and they're all turned way up and you're in short sleeves and shorts, and you have the TV on, you're basically creating an environment that tells your body it's the middle of the day. And so, uh, at nighttime, well, do what I do and just switch all the lights in your house from LED to incandescent. It's, uh, it's, it's more expensive. It is. Um, but for me, I can't even handle it. A lot of people have sensitivity to the flicker in an LED light. Some people can actually see the flicker because they're constantly uh, humming on and off. That's what LEDs are. Incandescent is a, is a natural loop. So it's, it doesn't have that flickering sense. Um, when you wear blue blocks, when you, um, you are blocking those wavelengths of light that are suppressing melatonin. So what happens is you don't feel tired until like 11, 1130. Um, you gotta get up and go to work and start your day, you know, six or seven, maybe you want to get up for a run, you know, before work. And because you have not begun to create your own endogenous melatonin inside your body, it means that you don't get into deeper levels of sleep until much later in the night. So if you are watching screens until bed at 11, you may not start to get into deeper sleep until three or four in the morning. So that means you only have like two hours. You may only have like three sleep cycles where you're actually going through phase one, phase two and REM. So what you do is you wear these blue blocks at night um, when the sun goes down and you can wear, um, um, the ones that I have that, uh, that are yellow tinted that, that, that can help you establish a better circadian rhythm. So what else? Lots of other things. Uh, a cold shower. Ask, like, yeah. 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 
with your, I noticed like on iPhones, iPads, um, other devices that you can um, change yeah. the screen to warm light at a certain time of the day. Does that serve the same purpose or is that? It doesn't. Just... It, no, they did, they've done studies on that. It doesn't do anything. Um, uh-huh. You can get, you can download Flux. It's like F.LUX, which is the same thing, you know, switch to night mode. Uh, on your screens, on your, on your devices, it doesn't do, it doesn't do, it changes the color that your visual eye picks up, but you're still getting that blue and green light in through your eyes, even if it's dimmed way down. Um, They've, they've, they've done studies on it. So it's not effective. What you can do, and I'm going to demonstrate it here uh, with my phone is I've made a shortcut on my phone. When I click it three times, it will do a shortcut to color filters. And then I click color filters and then it goes to red. So that is more sufficient than that sort of ambery color that you would get um, when you turn on night mode. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't actually do anything for you. So when your screen just turned to red, then is that with that flux thing that you were just talking about? No, you can act. You have to go into the back end of your phone and turn on color filters. Okay. And turn 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 the blues and the greens all the way down and the reds all the way up. And then you'll, you'll basically, it looks like a dark room, this, this red light coming out of your phone, which is still doesn't quite do it all the way, quite like wearing, you know, blue blocking glasses or just turning the damn thing off does. Um, but that's, that's one way to do a more thorough job than using that, using those night modes or, you know, um, you know, circadian rhythm sort of, uh, um, uh, applications, um, yeah. Uh, what else for sleep? Um, you can use this sort of tonic at night, which really helps, which is a little bit of apple cider vinegar and warm water in the evening time. Um, it's, it's good for your gut and it helps you go to sleep. There's a product that is made by Organifi that's, uh, it's called um, uh, Organifi Gold and it's got turmeric in it. Uh, so you can use that as like a nighttime sort of elixir in the evening time to begin to relax. Uh, if, if you're, if you're there, I mean, I've got lots of other biohacking stuff here. This is called the happy. This is a wearable device that you turn on and it emits a molecule. So you can see it turns when it turns on. It's like, it almost looks like a ring with a, with a bit of a, yeah, a symbol on it. That's now turned on. Okay. So, so then you put that acting like a bit of a halo on your head. I know it goes all the way over your head. Yep. You wear it like a necklace, like I just did. And what this does is you can program different um, feelings, different emotional states. So the molecules that are emitted by this copper, um, by this copper uh, necklace uh, emits a molecule that, that talks to the molecules in your body. So you can either do calm, you can do sleep, you can do happy, you can do uh, focused. So there's six different emotional states Um, this is next level. This is like super futuristic biohacking, but you can actually program your emotional state. So you can use this. I use this with my grandmother who doesn't sleep very well. And the first night that she used it, she slept super great. Like she, she doesn't stay asleep. She doesn't, she doesn't have the urge to go to sleep. It's called sleep drive. Uh, and she used this for the first couple of nights and it really, really helped. The first night was the most noticeable difference. Another thing that you can also do is you can go to sleepquiz.com and take your chronotype quiz where you can actually figure out what type of sleeper you are. And there's four different types. There's like a dolphin, a bear, a wolf, and um, something else. So the concept of a night owl is like, well, I sleep, you know, I I sleep late. I like to stay up late at night and go to bed late um, and sleep in in the morning because that's when I'm the most creative or that's the one 
whatever, you know, that's when I like to write or blog or whatever. And that, and that's totally fine. You can honor that. You can, but you should, you should adjust your life on the backside of that accordingly. So you can go and figure out what your chronotype is. And once you have that chronotype, I'm a bear, which is the most typical sleep cycles. This is like, you know, you go to bed at 10 and you wake up at seven, which is, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You know, uh, dolphins are all over the place. Um, uh, wolves are early risers so they can get up and get their kill before, uh, before the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will, that can, it tells you like when you should have sex, when you should ask for a raise, when you should eat, when you should be productive. So that's a really helpful, like, um, little thing as well. Um, yeah, I could keep going. There's lots of other, lots of other biohacking things. I think we should have, like, if someone is wanting to learn more that they should definitely check out your podcast. I think there's yeah. a lot of stuff. Uh, how about we just talk about that? Like if someone wants to check out your podcast, what sort of um, topics do you go into? What do you delve into apart from the float tank recovery side of things? Um, what can they yeah. expect and where can they go? Yeah. So you can get, it's on every platform out there. Um, you know, it's whether you're into, you know, Spotify or Stitcher or um, Apple podcasts. And I'm just going to go through and I'm just going to read a number of these episodes that are, that are the most recent. Uh, I, so this really does include not just uh, classic performance stuff, but this is, this is technology. These are lifestyle techniques. These are breath work. So the last couple of episodes that we've done, I did an episode on materialism on the S and scientism did an episode on Tantra um, breathable, uh, essential oils through this company called fume, um, for, uh, for a pre-workout pre-run, you can inhale essential oils through this straight pipe. Uh, and this, pe- the peppermint, uh, opens up, it's a vasodilator. So it opens up your lungs and helps you, um, helps you run faster and get more air. Uh, an episode on hyperbaric oxygen therapy, um, did an episode about sort of the, the, the westernized medical health, uh, paradigm and, and how um, you do not want to go to a hospital. Um, uh, medical error is like the third leading cause of death in the Western world. Um, ter- terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, Belcampo, which is direct to consumer meat. Um, John Gray, the author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. This was all about hormone optimization, all about sex optimization and relationship hacking. Really, really phenomenal. So I've done, you know, medicinal mushrooms, um, you know, um, erectile dysfunction devices, um, a glucose, continuous glucose monitors from a company called Levels, where you can actually watch your glucose in real time and understand which foods are good for you and which good, which foods are not good for your metabolic flexibility, which is now like the number one indicator for health and longevity and, and your resilience to, um, to, to viruses and, and, and illness. So there's, it's funny, there's so much, there's so many different things that it's a little mind boggling. And so I'm working right now on a platform called the virtual biohacking assistant, which aggregates all of these tools, all of this content, and will help you, um, um, get resources and, and, and discounted products for the stuff that you're interested in. So if you want to figure out your sleep, then you'll have discounts to the weighted blanket. You'll get podcasts that I've done, you know, dozens of podcasts about hacking your sleep. Um, 
you know, if it's vitality that you're interested in improving, um, you just go and take the survey and then we will give you your own custom report that says, Hey, if you want to, if it's about vitality or your physical appearance or skincare or sleep, here's what you should listen to. Here are some products that, uh, that might make sense for you to purchase. Um, and that's, that's where we're in a, we're in the pilot phase right now, but it's going to be, it's going to be really, really awesome. A, a really, a really cool platform. That's using cool. This. Yeah. Using this amazing AI, you can plug in blood work. You can plug in your 23 and me data so that, you know, um, so it can, so you can be in control of your own health. So you don't have to go to the hospital or go see a doctor, you know? Wow. So lots in there. Yeah. And, uh, I guess after that, uh, any other, any other websites, links, things that you you're posting anywhere else the listener can go to if they want to learn more? Yeah, you can go, um, uh, Instagram is where I'm the most active. It's real Sean McCormick, S E A N McCormick, um, optimal performance podcast.com. That's where I have the most content. So I have quotes from episodes, um, life hack memes, um, biohacking memes, and, uh, I'm really responsive. I love, I love this stuff. And, and I realized that, that I know a whole bunch about this stuff and people are probably thinking like what a, a necklace that can like change your emotions. <laughs> it's true. It's real. I, I love to talk about it and share with people. So if you, if you want to connect in that way, I'm there. Great. Um, just to keep you on your toes, I'm going to finish off with a uh, fire something at you. If like performance and recovery aside, Biohacking wise, if someone wants to improve or let's have optimal life longevity or like, you know, have a really fulfilling life, a highly functional life, um, like further into their life, into the 80s, 90s and beyond, what is some things, or let's just say maybe two to three things that we can do um, to improve our longevity? Yeah, well, relationships, fulfilling relationships. I mean, that's, that's the number one thing. And that's so hard right now. You know, I just want to hug my friends, you know, I want to play with my nephews and, and, and see. So do whatever you have to do to cultivate meaningful relationships. That's what keeps you going. That's what makes your, your, your day worth a damn, you know, all the work that you do, all the stuff that you, that you strive for in your life doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything unless you have fulfilling relationships. And we've, they found that through the research into the blue zones um, and people that live a really long time, they have people that they go see and play chess with every morning. They have people that they, you know, go do Tai Chi with at the park in the morning. So relationships, I think are the number one thing. And, and that sort of suggests obviously that love is, is at the heart of that. Like, do you have love in your life? Can you give love? Can you receive love? That's what makes the universe operate is love. And then, um, you know, from, from another standpoint, you have to lift heavy things. You have to lift heavy things. The, you know, lean muscle mass is, is one of the most predominant indicators for longevity. You know, there's a bunch of other things that I was, that I, that I kind of thought I might say, you know, infrared saunas and stuff. There's a lot of great science there, but, but you have to lift heavy things, um, find a way, even if it's just body weight exercises in, in addition. And we talked about this on your appearance on my podcast is to level out the running with lifting, having things, you'll get stronger, you'll look better. And uh, you'll put lean muscle mass on your body that will help you live a long time. So I guess love and muscles are the two things. That's one. And if there's, I, I constantly try and convince my runners to start lifting heavy things. And there is a certain body type that does have a, like longevity and it's not the the skinny athlete and it's not the big bulky gym goer. It's the, 
the fine one in the middle that can find the two. Um, so works. yes, start yeah. lifting heavy things. It's going to improve your running performance and it's going to make you live longer and live happier. So that's another excuse for you to start doing it. So um, let's finish up there. Sean, thank you very much for coming on and sharing your insights. Uh, this was so much fun. I really appreciate it. I, you know, obviously you've cultivated quite a community and it's obvious why you're organized. The content is great. You're consistent. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure uh, to be on your show. Thank you. Thanks once again for listening. To take full advantage of the knowledge you are building, you need to download the Run Smarter app. This contains all of my free access podcast episodes, written blogs, and ebooks, along with my paid video courses, all neatly housed into categories for you to easily navigate through and find content you're interested in. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for links to the podcast Facebook group and links to learn more about becoming a podcast patron who contribute five Aussie dollars per month to get Inner Circle VIP access, including an invitation into the exclusive patron Facebook group and a complete back catalogue of patron-only podcast episodes, which you can access within the app. Also on the app, you can even find a link that takes you to my online physio clinic, where I assess and treat runners from all over the world, so I can be on standby if you ever need one-on-one physiotherapy assistance. Once again, thank you for listening and becoming a Run Smarter Scholar. And remember, knowledge is power.